Get your day started right. This is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabiro Sheikhesa. Only on the Voice of the King. Welcome back to Breakfast on 91.3 FM. It's kind of 26 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. Welcome to it. If you have just joined us, please let me uh, have your comments on 0829-913-913. And when I do open up the lines a little bit later, you're welcome to engage with me on that um, on that platform as well. But if you want to also send me a voice note, which I would also appreciate very much because it prevents me from reading, then you can obviously just send the voice note through. Keep it under a minute, please, like 30 seconds, 45 seconds stops. You can send it through to me on 0829913913. Now, many people are confronting the loss of a loved one, um, you know, due to the global, uh, the global COVID-19 pandemic, a challenge made even more difficult by physical distancing orders that uh, prevent them from saying goodbye in person or gathering with uh, others to mourn. However, deaths aren't the only losses that people are reckoning with. Millions of, of people they are facing losses of unemployment, financial upheaval, and the list just carries on and on and on. But how do we all deal with this? How does one deal with this? Because surely, you know, it, it can and rightfully so become much, just too much to handle. Mark Delaray, um, well, always lovely chatting to him. He's a psychologist at Akeso in Kenilworth. Mark, thank you so much for your time this morning on Breakfast 91.3 FM. Morning, Gulam. Always a pleasure to be on the station. Mark, you know, we, we've come to see many people, you know, they are losing family members due to COVID-19 as infection rates are increasing like rapidly. Mm-hmm. Can you just sort of just take us through this in the beginning? How does grief in itself affect or even alter the psychological aspect, you know, of us as humans? Well, look, if we, if we, if we just look at it briefly, you know, if you remove initially um, um, sort of any cultural or religious um, thoughts or foundations around death and grief, the grief that follows that. Then for the individual, the initial part after that really is dealing with the profound loss of that loved one. So that's the main thing the person is dealing with initially. It's a major sort of hole that's appeared in your life. You know, later on, also there are, there are additional factors that come into play around finances, world, and, and other things like that that then complicate the grief and loss which may very well lead to either a period of depression or even, even profound uh, you know, depression later on. So that, that's the main way in which it, which it sort of affects us. Mm. Now, you, you know what's the one thing that, that crossed my mind, Mark, and perhaps you can just latch onto this as well. First of all, you know, people, there's always a good and a bad, you know, and so some people yes. will say that there's healthy and unhealthy grieving. But the one thing that gets me is that how does one define that? That's the first part of my question that I want us to look at very quickly. And then mm-hmm. the other part is, you know, when we look at COVID-19, it is it, it claimed so many lives over the last couple of months. So it hasn't even been a year yet. But mm-hmm. the worst part about that those kind of deaths, especially if it happens at home, and if you look in our um, you know culture or, or in our religion, for arguments mm-hmm. like you know, mm-hmm. if you've passed away in hospital, the body now gets taken to a mo- to a um, to a washing hospital uh, facility, yes. and that is where they, they they cloth the body or shroud the body, and it gets put into the hearse, and the hearse literally goes to the home. The hearse does not allow for the for the um, for the body to get. To, to be taken out of theirs for obvious reasons mm. and so they perform the prayer right there nobody have seen or said its final goodbyes or anything like that and then it would just go to the to the cemetery and that is where the the, the, the body would be buried you know surely um, that must have some sort of 
impact on your psychological, you know, your, or your mental health. So mm. how does one define what is healthy and unhealthy grieving if you were to tie the, those two? Okay, look, I suppose if, if, we, if we look at, you know, is there healthy and unhealthy grieving, the short answer would be yes, there can be. But um, this is, this is not, not usually related to the period of time that a person takes to grieve or go through the grieving process. Okay? It depends on the support structure around the person. That's kind of what we're talking about as well, you know, what happens after the, after the death. So, yeah. so the support structure around the person, people, people grieve at different rates and levels once we remove that initial period of shock. Um, so, so if the process of support um, is 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 not there, then it makes it more difficult. But even with with obviously with support, the person can still develop, you know, a depressive process. Um, so, you know, this, the current circumstances around COVID, as you mentioned, and the fact that a person can't visit, uh, even even a loved one that's in hospital when when they're ill, you know, um, or even attend the funeral, the ceremony afterwards, makes and complicates this process a lot because a person doesn't get the chance to say goodbye or farewell in, a, in an appropriate way, either you know personally or, or, or you know in, in a cultural or religious sense either. So um, this makes it very difficult for us. And then that is what what's thought you know you know in this period of time now has made things much more complicated and much more difficult for people to deal with this the sense of loss, especially that 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 um, part of it where we aren't able to say goodbye in, in what for us is an appropriate and a, and a healthy way. Mm. Now also, you know, um, Mark, if you were to look at, you know, um, and, and it's so, it's so, um, it's depressing having to speak about, you know, uh, losses and grieving, mm. especially when, we, when, when we're going through a pandemic like this, right? But what mm. are some of the key things that one need to look out for? Um, because like you're saying, you do get the healthy and unhealthy grieving and so forth. But if, for example, if, uh, if my wife had lost somebody, for argument's mm. sake, without her having to go into a, a, a state of depression or, um, you know, you know, just becoming one-sided, so are, are there key things that I can look out for to sort of help her deal with that grief? Because you were talking about support structure earlier. Yes, yes. So look, there's, you know, generally when we look at it, there's people, people talk about sort of five stages of grief. Um, and, and in those, you know, they don't necessarily always run exactly in, 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 in sort of sequence, but, but the first parts are usually the same. And that first part would be sort of a shock and denial around that, that, that experience. Then there might even be sometimes anger that a person would see coming up because of this, you know, that the person has left, that, that, that it's been so unfair in the process that's happening. There's a kind of a bargaining process that happens. And then sometimes there's there's also depression that follows. It could be a short period of depression, which would be normal for any, any sort of process of loss. It doesn't mean that the person is going to be depressed, you know, long term. Um, and then there's a sort of an acceptance process. And that, that acceptance process is where a person sort of starts to make sense of this loss. Now, when we look at that, you know, that, that period of time, like I said before, to measure it by time is a, is a very dangerous thing because a person can't snap out of that. What wow. we're looking at there is a general sort of rule of thumb, and I really say general rule of thumb is about a year process. And why I say a year is because in that year after the death, after the passing, the person goes through various anniversaries, like the, the person's birthday or, or other sort of celebrations that would have been part of their life. So there could be up to a year that a person goes through these ups and downs of dealing with the grief. If, however, the person starts to remain really deeply affected, like not going out at all, so, you know, after weeks afterwards, not eating, even talking, for example, about wanting to join the person in death, then I would suggest, you know, a person looks for professional sort of help 
and you know either go to your 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 um your um psychologist or your counselor or even your your um religious leader and talk to them mm. in fact that was going to be my my um my last question to you mm. mark you know at at which point does one go or recommend you know professional help um yes. and and breaking that stigma and being telling those persons it's okay to go and speak to somebody about it you know mm. um but you 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 touched on that and i appreciate that so thank you so much for your time this morning mark delaray he is a psychologist at akeso kenworth